This is Inside Outlands. I'm your host, Nat Ryle, and joining me today is Ace Mason. What's up? Good evening. How are you? Good. And we got a uh, a panel today. So we got three guys with us, uh, Ramza, West Furtive, and Catastrophe. What's up, guys? Hey, Hello, how's it going? Hey, what's up? So I think we'll just do a quick uh, intro for, for you all. The basic idea of the show today is... Um, to do a roundtable discussion for like in the weeds, mechanics, build discussion, meta builds, overhauls. We even went, uh, we shot the Luthius and got some uh, questions and comments from him for you guys to kind of bounce stuff off of. So uh, Wes, you want to give us like a, just a brief rundown of who you are, um, what you've done for the shards you've been here, kind of like, you know, some of your your brief history, I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. I came to Outlands at launch. It was just uh, kind of on a whim on that Saturday morning. I checked my email and saw it was launching. And I'd been reading up on it. And what drew me to the server was the crazy amount of skill revamps, particularly backstabbing. And I think that's where I kind of established myself and became known as a shadow archer. And since then, I kind of just pushed the limits of the game and what PVM has to offer. Yeah, we have a whole podcast where me and uh, me and Wes go over your Shadow Archer build, which I then built right after that show, and it's been my main class for two years. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm I'm back on it right now. And tried to solo an Omni with it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did. I did the math of how long it would take me. Uh, that was the Storm Demon. <laughs> uh, let's do a, a Ramza. Oh, hey. Um, I started, I think, uh, April 2018 in, in beta. I was just curious in the server, wanted to test some things out. Really uh, caught my attention with like the aspects and like summoning and everything. And then when live hit, I went back to my roots and started playing a Dexter. And I uh, messed around on a Bard and a Tamer for a little bit. But ultimately, I just really enjoy the Dexter playstyle. So I've been doing that ever since. Yeah, and uh, Ramsey, you're in Bearded Brothers for me. You know each other pretty well. We played the game together for for over two years now. So, yeah, um, I did reach out some to people that I know, but all these names are gonna be really familiar to anyone in our community if you ever visit like build discussions or test shard on our on our Outlands Discord. So you guys are really all active there. And last but not least is Catastrophe. Yeah, hello. Um... I've been playing since uh, launch as well. I started off on Outlands playing uh, the world's worst Dexter Tamer and kind of struggled along with that until the first Barding revamp, which added um, added the buff songs and relaxed difficulties a bit and mostly been lounging around in varying, various flavors of Bard um, since then. Like I said a minute ago, you guys are all really involved with the community. So not only are you kind of, I kind of see as experts in, in the builds and meta of the of the Outlands server, but you're also give back a lot to the community. You're always really open with your advice. You don't like none of you really hoard that advice. You figure it out. You share it. You, you, all of you help test tremendously. Um, you know, every every patch that hits a server, you guys are right there on the test center providing feedback. Um, so I think that, that kind of what stood you out above the rest, which is why I brought you three here. Um, I mean, you're not the only three experts that are on the shard, but um, so that's kind of why I brought you all on here. And we'll just 
we'll just start. We'll get right into the start batch. You guys questions off, off you. So, uh, I went to Luthius. I asked him, I told him who the panel was and what he might want to know and kind of have you guys answer. So first up from Luthius is, uh, he's curious to know, he wants to hear what player's perspective is on what they feel should be the top DPS temp template and their arguments as to why. Um, he feels that the reason he made Dexter's kind of way up high on the, uh, on the DPS charts in, the, in his recent overhaul was because Dexter's are they're the ones that are up front taking all the damage, um, popping their potions, bandages, taking the brunt of the uh, of, of everything in combat. Unlike bards who are piecing or tamers who have a pet or summoners who have a pet between them and the mob. So that's kind of why he he bumped up them up in the overhaul. Um, and they have the most expensive gear to run with the uh, heavy armor versus like a leather suit. So, uh, because of the risk, he wanted them to have the most damage, and he's curious here what other players' thoughts are and arguments are either for or against that. Yeah, sure. Um, that was like the the reasons he stated have always been my arguments for uh, buffing Dexers. I know a lot of people uh, get annoyed with me when I'm like, oh, you know, buff Dexers before they got all their their overhauls. You know, we waited two years. But um, I just agree with that philosophy that if you're going to have, you know, a very tanky or durable template, it shouldn't farm the best. As far as, you know, which template should be there, I don't really care if it's Dexter or not, as long as that, that balance and that design philosophy is there. Yeah, Miss Kat, um, I think uh, I, I kind of prefer a, a sliding scale, basically where you have maybe a number of different templates, um, different core builds, where, um, where there's room for player skill, um, you know, how adept you are at playing your class, about dodging mechanics that need to be dodged, um, about putting together a well-rounded template, um, where some players can excel in that, you know, and other players um, may lag behind, um, but catch up as they build experience with bosses and with with game mechanics um tamer was the the king of the hill for a while and i, I think the resentment that a lot of players had about tamers was that really tame tamer gameplay especially early on was really you just get good gear good pets you say all kill and you stand back and heal your pets from afar without taking any uh any risk upon yourself and so that was really a low skill gameplay that had a high reward. And um, that's, I think, where a lot of the, the nerf requests came from and then other classes where it, it took more effort to um, do damage and to survive at the same time, wanted some balance. Um, I, I think Dexters do very well, um, especially at bosses. There's you know very specific Dexter builds that do very well at bosses. But... Um, you know, out in farming, there's there's a lot of variety out there that really farms well. Even just today, I was messing around on on test shard and putting together a poison summoner with what are considered some very trash worthy links um, that can still go out and pull down 75, 90k gold an hour in OS4 on a poison summoner, not worrying about procs, just giving everybody a, a case of the runs. So. Um, there's there's a lot more variety available to players than I think people get 
kind of rooted in what they start with early on without um, realizing how much opportunity there is to branch out and, and do something new. Yeah, and following on the Tamer stuff, a lot of people think Tamer should just be the absolute top because of the cost and the time spent in comparison to other builds. Like a Dexter, you can pretty much hop on with some bandages and a weapon, go to sleep and wake up, and you've got a perfect template for taming. It can take, you know, if you do it right, you can do it in about five days. And if you have the scrolls, which are expensive due to demand, you can take it all the way to 120. But I don't think the cost alone due to demand, which is set by the players, should justify it being the top. I think it is really strong, but the recent patch kind of brought Dexters up to par, I would say. I think under certain conditions, Dexters can outperform Tamers, and others, there's certain monsters that have like crazy diseases, so unless you're, you're built to handle that as a Dexter, you probably want to avoid those, and that's where the other like Tamer summoners bards etc can come in and excel but overall i think everything's pretty close i don't know that luthius brought dexters to the top as he says but everything's pretty balanced at the moment i'm pretty happy with where things are at yeah i I think currently this is the best meta i guess you could say that we've ever had in terms of class viability so where do you see the because you're right the the mobs and monsters don't don't get all that hard. There's there's a threshold you have to hit until they fall over dead and they give you gold. I mean, I guess you can speed it up with your as your DPS climbs, but you know, like the OS four is the challenge level we currently have. Uh, although there is irked and bluffs came out Friday, um, so I think that's why a lot of these templates can kind of meet that good enough threshold. You know, and that's why you don't always have to have the absolute top DPS farming template because actual pve on the shard isn't really that hard um but what about the has a different trait at the boss scene though where maybe that starts to happen we actually have a chart top 10 you want to hit the number one you know are dexter's number one there or are you seeing tamers and other builds still there mages summoners i would say on average there's one or two tamers and one or two dexters up there kind of competing for it Unless someone brings a very specific Dexter setup with the right chain, and that one can't be touched at the moment. I know whenever I go to a boss with Wes, I'm not even close to the top anymore. Like he just blows us all away. It's it's funny. Nine nine times out of ten, I'll be top in our alliance, and then Wes comes, and I'm like, well, uh, there goes that one. Yeah, we had a guy uh, on a water Dexter hit number one by by a f- wide margin. Uh, which that I know swords? Is, yeah, I think it was swords, water swords, I believe. Bleed, bleeds in general are are very strong, and um, you know a lot of people go fire for the uh, you know the good the the interaction between bleeds and the and the fire buff, but but water just still is respectable as well, just in terms of boosting the number of bleeds you get over time. So you guys are all happy with kind of the current state of the meta? I, I know there are some overhauls coming, especially to um, taming pets, like the pets they have available. So that may, that may tweak things. Um, so are you happy with the current meta? Or do you think this is going, going to go somewhere? Is he going to ruin the meta by, 
by messing with more things as he goes forward, <laughs> like society and chains and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I would say one of the strengths of Tamers has always been that, uh, you know, at least in theory, you've got a lot of variety of pets that can be swapped in and out to meet different challenges. Um, but the way the pets are balanced right now, um, it's kind of weighted towards just a handful of pets out of this large pool of um, of options. And so you know, I'm hoping that the pet revamp um, kind of enhances some of those some of those poor performers um, just so tamers can leverage that a little bit better. So you know if you've got a bleed heavy fight, you bring some bleed resistant DPS pets. Uh, you got a magic heavy fight. Um, you know, do the same if you a fight that benefits ranged. You know, that's that's where tamers have a, a strength is that they they can flip over to these other pets without needing to flip echo, without needing to macro overnight and for uh, a, a different style encounter. You just visit the stable master once you've got your pets leveled up, and um, I'd love that versatility um, to be one of the the core strengths that tamers have. And they they do have that to a degree. I I'd just like to see that amped up a bit further. Yeah, I agree. I just I want to see a few more pets. I want to see some diversity and some player preference rather than these few pets are the best, so use them. Hey, let's get back to the uh, Luthia's questions. I, I veered way off track. Ace, you want to read the next one? Um, sure. I, I mean, we we touched on it a little bit, but he was curious what your assessments are on the the core templates that underperform um, and why. Uh, as far as what he means by core templates, something like a poison mage, a tamer mage, um, things like that, things that you you traditionally see in UO that may underperform here on Outlands that you'd like to see get buffed. Uh, for me, I, I think some of the uh, you know some of the AOE dependent templates like Poisoner um, and also uh, Provocation their strength has kind of fluctuated with the crowds. So if there's a number of monsters around um, to really bring up your DPS, they perform very well. If you're in tight quarters, tripping over other players, um, you can face some challenges there. Um, poisoners are also going to always suffer the impact of, um, yeah, and bards to an extent as well, of, of not needing more than one in most situations. So um, if there's... If you're in a guild that has one strong poisoner or a strong bard, um, you can feel very much second fiddle because um, there's not a lot that a second character can bring to a group setting. Um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, I, I think most of the core classes, you're just looking to go, get out there and farm, get some gold, build up your chain. Um, most of the classes do pretty well. There, there are, you know, the recent changes to proc rates that did hit some templates like uh, mm -hmm. mages. I, I've, I've run some my mage um, and running it on a proc focus now, it felt very sluggish. But like I said, if I, if I run a poison summoner, um, which is also a pure mage, but focused on poison damage, it, it does fine. Um, it, it, I think mages, proc-based mages really felt that nerf, the sting of that nerf um, and will probably be looking for some kind of uh, address in an upcoming patch um, or crossing their fingers anyways. Yeah, I agree. I think mages kind of took the brunt of that. Not so much because it was an unnecessary change. Like procs were super strong before, but there's not many other options available at the moment. 
just because of the way the the links work. So I'm hoping for a revamp that's going to bring mages back and maybe push them towards some more utility or just like raw spell damage rather than putting everything into fishing for procs. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's what the biggest issue is right now is just a lack of, of uh, link options, even for Dexter. Um, you know, we have the uh, damage to poison monsters and melee special chance, but I feel like right now proc chance didn't hit Dexter's as hard as it hit mages, so I'm just keeping my proc chance and swing speed links and then waiting for the revamp to hopefully, you know, move along from there. Do you think some of that could be offset with buffing the other links rather than resetting the proc chance back to where it was? Some like the meditation links or spell damage links or the the resistant resist to spell damage or whatever. Buff those up so you're doing more damage, um, but not necessarily proc damage. Yeah, I, I think so. If you just change the way they function behind the scenes, like right now, a lot of them are additive. So adding, you know. 10% spell damage to your already aspect camping, tracking, eval, scribe isn't really going to do anything. You're not going to notice that. And it's like link slots are so precious. You don't want to slot something that's not going to be hugely impactful. So if they were to adjust those and maybe change them to be multiplicative, we could see some new new mage chains. How about uh, when the proc chance was what essentially have my gut feeling was why not put a cap on the proc chance rather than just cut it across the board do you think that would be a a viable solution Uh, the best solution that i've heard is what wes has suggested a few times which is just reducing the the overall damage of all the procs or or the ones that are problem childs anyway yeah i think the issue wasn't so much the frequency as it was the impact when you hit it. Like, mages have a very small mana pool, and you can kind of get a little extra extra bang for your buck running Taste ID, Void Armor, using your best book, using the aspect support items, the foci. But ultimately, it's just, you've got this limited mana pool, which Dexers, whether melee or archers, don't suffer from. So before, mages were trying really hard to hit that proc before they have to just stand around and meditate and comparatively to Dexers who are still swinging forever they just got hit a lot harder so I think just keeping the frequency the same would have been okay if the damage was even halved you know and I think Luthius one of his concerns was the the procs that had good, good secondary effects like Fortune or Eldritch that kind of stuff I think those could be adjusted on an individual basis yeah the sense I got was um the concern was about the uh, the impact on the challenge that Prox had. So you had a lot of cases where you know Mage sends a summon in to round up uh, the the local riffraff, and you cast Flame Strike and Proc, and boom, you know all the mobs dead, most of the mobs dead before they've had a chance to threaten you. Um, and it, it was that that instantaneous death nature of procs that that's there but you know with that frequency i, I think that was the concern it, you know prior to the mage proc we had the the bard break nerf and that was around the same the same concept is that they wanted the monsters to be able to have opportunity to pose some threat to the players 
and they felt like the the procs were detracting too much from that was the sense that i got so are you, are you guys overall happy with the the proc nerf the proc chance nerf do you think it's in a a decent enough spot now to sit on live like it is for a while do you think some of these changes need to come in sooner rather than later to mages I so where the procs are now is where I wanted them before. I I uh I thought the links were fine, but I had campaigned against having the uh the fifty percent proc boost on the um the spell foci and the weapon oils. I thought um that was too much. So I I wanted that fifty percent gone, but I just wanted it all off of those aspect support items versus off of the uh the core underlying proc chance. But um yeah, where where the proc rates are now is is about where I was comfortable with them at. Yeah, I, I kind of agree having played with it now, but I just want another option. It was not so much that he nerfed it. Like, we talked about it for eight months. It needed to happen. It was obviously strong. But it just took mages off the board temporarily while we wait for this revamp because they just don't have anything else to push for. I think the proc mage can still exist in a very niche group. Like a 20 link fortune book proc mage that can land a really big impactful fortune proc on a pile of monsters that's that's really cool that's utility and that's not just obliterating the room that's a very welcome addition to any party so i think that could still hold a place but the the blow the room up proc mage is no more yeah i, I definitely sympathize for for mages you know it always feels pretty shitty when you uh you get nerfed and there's no compensation or you have to wait you know a few months for for something to to kick in to help you get back to where you were good thing for me is it pushed me back into backstabber and i forgot how much i enjoyed it yeah yeah backstabber's got a nerf um not too long ago six months ago eight months ago now at this point and uh you know they were they were top for for a little while there and then with this Dexter overhaul, they've been a whole lot of fun to, to go on dungeons with. Uh, Luthius's next question was, um, I, I think the, the top build right now is currently the fire aspect Dexter. And if you guys have a different top building, you, know, you can say so. Uh, but he, he's curious is as far as balance and overall meta goes, if you just remove that top upper echelon build, how does the rest stack up? Um, relative to that there's there's a lot that come close um there's at least a few that come close so i know there's there's archer builds and there are um you know stealth decks or shadow builds there's tamer builds and when we say that you know swords dexter is really top I, I think we're especially talking about omniboss fights um the various multitude of dungeon bosses have some mechanics that'll uh, throw some wrenches in some of those swords, Dexter builds in terms of the uh, boss effects and so forth. But um, there's there's some other builds. You know, people. You know, even if it's one percent more, a lot of people chase after that one percent. But there are other other builds that compete heavily on uh, on damage, from my view. Yeah, that that question seems very pointed towards uh, bosses specifically. I would much rather farm on like an an air Dexter than a fire Dexter. Just because of the durability and, and um, you never really have to back out. Yeah, I agree. I think the Fire Dexter can steamroll lower level dungeons if you're just talking about farming. But it doesn't have the durability of, say, air 
And if you start pushing into these harder dungeons, I swear four or the new Eructin bluffs, you kind of want some extra defense. That stuff hurts. And that that fire is also it's really um it's a very needy template. So you're looking around for bards, you're looking around for artists and dexers, you're um you're looking for mobs with high hit points so you can actually get those bleeds running. Um they're not nearly as uh as threatening to your average dungeon wildlife when you're out solo farming. Yeah, I think that template, the fire swords dexer, gets the most out of everyone else in the group. So everyone else is actually more important than the the fire dexer itself for scaling it. Yeah, we've been saying at bosses, uh, our uh, our artisan guys have been saying, "I get twenty five percent of your damage," <laughs> or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, take that off your chart, add it to mine. Right in the bard. Here's my seventeen percent provo buff. That's mine. Uh, unrelated to this question, I I would really love for for him to add other metrics in in Omni and boss fights or or any kind of content he already did with PVP. You can, you can in PVP you can track how much healing you did and, and how much I think even reses. I believe uh, you know some of that would be really useful to know at an Omni boss what the healing output is from your mages and uh, and reses and, and that kind of stuff. And then you might have other things to chase rather than top 10 that are all important. I don't, I don't think the mages want to see that because none of them cross heal very well. <laughs> and I'll, 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 I'll throw that two cents in there, but that, that also pushes up your save times. So. Okay. Yeah. That may be why he's not added it in. If that's the case, uh, that makes sense. Party chat shows healing, healing done. It does. Yep. If you want to measure on a private basis. Yeah, it does. Although mo- most boss guilds are trying to, as much as possible, hit the sixty-person cap. Um, so I would make just too many parties to try to do that. But yeah, well, if parties can track. I don't know why a boss results couldn't. Um, but maybe, maybe there's some reason why. Yeah, the data the data is being tracked on the back end. It seems like you just got to put it into a gump, maybe. But there's probably more mechanics. But I mean, I I think to Luthius's point or. To answer his question, the, the panel has said that everything's pretty balanced um, for the most part, depending on what you want to do. Yeah, the fire ducks are going to be great on the Omni or the bosses, but there's other options that can pump out uh, just so much CPS or better utility in different situations, which is, I think, for the shard, right? We want to see... We want to see, um, we wanna see uh, differences across the board. And, and not just... Yeah. Not just the, uh, you know, there, people get very competitive about the leaderboards, but, you know, there's a lot of uh, value that templates bring, even if they're not, you know, like we were just discussing, not high on that leaderboard. I mean, if you come to an Omni and all the Dexers are swords, well, great. You know, they're all competing with each other on those meters, but everybody's down, you know, 30% DPS because there's no macer there hitting the boss and taking off, stripping off armor. So there's, uh, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of templates that even if you know the fire swords is showing up in the number one spot, um, the overall raid goes much smoother um, and boss drops faster if you've got that variety on the field. I think yep. that's why everyone likes you, Catastrophe, because you'll just bring a bard and you're happy to do it. Damn straight. Number one boss bard. Yeah. He's for uh, higher folks. Yeah, Catastrophe has made it his number one mission to be friends with everybody. And we're all cool that 
<laughs> uh, Ace, you want to read the next one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he kind of wanted your guys' thoughts on how players' templates are boosted from different systems, um, how much effectiveness comes from their aspect and aspect tier versus their mastery chain versus the decks or codex or summoner tombs and so on. Where do you see the most bang for the buck or um, what, you know, what are, where, where do you guys focus? Where do you suggest people focus? For Dexers, I would say uh, Aspect, Codex, Links. Aspect yeah. just gives so many bonuses. I, I always complain at Owen. I, I always say, you know, like, Aspect should be the end game grind, and Links should be something that's what Aspects are now. Because I feel like they open up a lot of template diversity, and Aspect is just this thing that slowly makes you stronger and stronger. And it has a, a nice um, progression of strength from tier to tier. Yeah, I think Dexters benefit the most too from pushing those higher levels just with the increased protection on their armor and in particular the accuracy on the weapons. Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly rate even for mages and, and Dexters alike. Um, everybody except Tamers maybe. Um, the your aspect choice is, is very potent um and then <clears throat> but in terms of investment i'm i'm always stingy if i was starting a new character i would want to get my codex first and my chain second even if i'm not going to get a lot of value out of them early on just so i can start building that xp early um but that in terms of bang for your buck aspect is is still very good um as, as far as chains go you know, we all talk about gold links, but just even those bronze, those cheap little bronze, um, you get so much value out of those. I know there's a bunch of people running around listening to this podcast that have five, six links unlocked and nothing in them. Um, you know, do some society jobs, look at your achievements, you know, buy a gold link and sell it and then take all that gold and buy a bunch of bronze and throw those into your chain and um, always get a good value out of uh, filling those slots up. Yeah, I agree there. I think, you know, average gold link with moderate to good bronzes, you could almost get a full set of 10 or something. And I've been running mostly bronze for the past few months since the Dexter revamp, really. Like, bronze is a great link. Yeah, for sure. If you're if you're waiting to put a, a link in because you can't afford the gold, you're, you're doing it wrong, pretty much. Uh, you know, there's bronzes are so cheap. You can buy a uh, mid-tier bronze for you know, 50, 60 K, you know, so rather than a spell aspect chance, you could put in, you know, the, what ignore armor one, the, the, the junkier ones, you could do those dirt cheap and just get something in your chain while you work on the thing you actually want. So back to the question on like, who is impacted by what, what classes I think cats, right. Tamers don't really care that much. They start off at such a high power level, just depending on their taming skill. Like once you reach 120 taming, you just grab you a phoenix or a prowler or whatever and go kill stuff. You could do it naked with some G heal regs, but not many other classes can do that. I think a mage in particular scales the best off of their best gear, being a supreme book and max aspect, just because that's where the mana regen, the the refunds, all that comes into play. 
and lets them kind of chain cast. Without that, it's just two flame strikes and meditate. Uh, so his last question is, uh, the current in-game pursuit, is: do you find that enjoyable? Uh, it's largely master change for most players, but uh, do you feel that the current system plus process available for achieving them is balanced at all? Uh, currently, it's reward systems, T8, lore bosses, chest, omni bosses. Uh, sounds like he's mostly referring to their end game as the uh, the chain system. And if not, if not, if you don't think that's a good end game, what would you change or add as an alternative? I think I'm with Ramza. I don't super like. I originally, I think maybe Sicario was the first. He beat me by like an hour on getting five links unlocked when the chain system came out. And then I hit it, and then shortly after I quit because I was max on pretty much every aspect I wanted. There were no challenging dungeons. The hardest thing in the game was the Blood Demon Room and Aegis Keep. And the chain system, just not. it was not something I actively wanted to grind. It's just how many hours do you spend and or how efficiently do you farm. It wasn't until the harder dungeons came along that pushed me to like want to come back and grind and just master Ossuary 4, push the next aspect. So I think for me, I would rather see aspect levels with exponentially more XP, like 100,000 to get from T13 to Tier 14. I don't think I've actively grinded chains until I come really close to the next one, and then I'll go push kind of hard just to get it there. But that's not a drive for me, the chains. Yeah, my, my end game is, uh, is really Echoes. So, uh, you know, just building out additional templates on my character, and then what aspects do I need to support that? Do I need another chain to support that? Um, and just kind of building out other um, other options for gameplay. My, you know, like Wes, I don't I don't really look at my chain XP unless it's very close to the tail end there, um, and even. Um, you know, I, I do the occasional Omni and, and, and boss, but I'm usually either messing around on alternate builds or making minute tweaks to my, um, my main farming build and doing time trials and just trying to, uh, trying to optimize my farm and my gameplay, um, that way. Yeah, I agree pretty much with what these guys said. Um, the one thing I would say, uh, regarding his question about the, uh, the ways that we can achieve them. I know the society rework is coming through. That'd be my biggest criticism is that it's just way too easy with societies to, to get the links right now. And uh, I guess as far as like an end game alternative that I would like to see, I've put this idea out there before, but I think it would be really cool to have some sort of system where if you have, you know, multiple aspects at tier 10 or tier 15 or wherever they decide to bring it, you could engage in some sort of uh, build your own aspect where you can swap traits from the different suits and, and make something more personalized. Still need a, a new aspect or system to support wrestling. I know a lot of people want to play some kind of monk character. And thorns, please. Tailoring has been teasing me forever. Um, I think that covers all of Luthi stuff. I knew it would take us a while to get through through that. We've got um, maybe twenty minutes left. Um, and so I, I guess uh, have, have either of you guys, are any of you guys hit Irked and Bluffs yet? The the very new content. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I was in there Friday as soon as I got out of work to give it a go. It is brutal in there. Everyone's dying. <laughs> so is it really uh, you know, group oriented or do you think you can find a place in there solo? Oh, you can you can definitely manage, but it's uh it's a little more work to get in and out. There's no dungeon gates and it requires a talisman that you have to kill a monster for to get in on the outside. So you can't just come and go hit the gate farm and leave like you can other dungeons. So it's a little more difficult if you want to run gold. I think it's, it's it supports a group for both protection and bringing pack animals in just to get all the loot out. Yeah, we took some pack animals down there <laughs> and then proceeded to lose them all to AOE yeah. mobs. And then like our whole group got wiped. I mean, we got back up and we kept going. It was, I mean, we were all laughing. It was fun, but it's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I um, I actually added uh, anatomy to my bard build just so I could, uh, just so I could res allies because so many of them were turning into ghosts. Um, but it's, it's a higher, it's, it's a higher level of lethality in there, but it's, it's, it's a fun, um, it's definitely a fun place to, to farm as well. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace. I actually removed camping and tracking from the old backstabber template on a, a, a different echo and put 100 heal anatomy. I've literally been resing everyone, like green or not, just anyone I see that's a ghost. I, tr- I run them down and try to res. I know DTF last night tried to do the boss. Uh, did, was anyone down there when they did it? Yeah, Com was in, in there with six whenever we showed up. I think that was their first attempt at it. And we kind of smashed heads into the, the little choke point there and tried to take it down. We were not successful. That was, that was tough to deal with. We all re- retreated and gave up eventually. Yeah, there's no summon system, right? These are all uh, public timer bosses, basically, right? Right. Yeah, and it's there's the dungeon has a little bit more to it than some of the other dungeons. I think Eric did a, a lot of work on um, not just the lore, but how the lore interacts with the mechanics of the dungeon. It's not straightforward of uh, tank and spank as uh, some of your other mobs and dungeons are. Yeah, I've been in there experiencing this different kind of content for several days now. It's not always just go farm, fill up, and leave. There's other stuff to do. Do y'all have some build ideas for it, either solo or or maybe what you'd want to see with like an ideal group down there? If you've got a Provo, if you've got a Bard, Provo Disco Bard with parry and healing, you're in very good shape for solo play. Um Anatomy and healing is very good for group play, um, for being able to res people. Um, I haven't died in there myself. I've died plenty uh, farming talismans to PKs, but um, it gets around. It's got a lot of defense on that build. Um, and you add a lot of defense for your group if you've got a bard in there with you. Yeah, I would say Provo Bard is probably MVP to add to a group. And you want most people to be able to res in a pinch even if it's just the minimums. I actually want to hit a cu- couple of these community questions, Nat. I think uh, we got some, we didn't get many, but I think we got some interesting ones. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Nymeron um, is asking, he runs a meta warrior and was wondering if you guys had any tips or comments on its viability on Outlands. Med warrior, is that for PvP? Uh, he didn't specify. I, I would assume so. I mean, if it's PvP, uh, it does great. Uh, PvM, it, that's more of a 
a utility thing. If you want to have the option to defend yourself in PvP in the dungeons, like you can get by with a five or six X Dexer and farm really well and still carry sixty to eighty Majory for the emergency reflect, teleport, wall of stone, greater heal, that kind of thing. So it has a place. It's just a trade off if you want to have that extra utility. That might be our only comment back for for the bed warrior. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's pretty pretty niche. Um, Gargantua asked, uh, "What keeps you guys playing? What's your next build? And what's the next aspect you would like to see, either mechanically or thematically?" Uh, this is Wes. Back to what Cat said about the echoes. That's kind of what keeps me playing. Just getting a new echo and trying to conquer the content in a different way and just optimizing. Like before, OS4 speedruns was my thing. I wanted to get in there, see how quickly I could fill up 700 stones worth of gold and loot and get out and just do it again. And it was literally like a speedrun, like you see these other guys doing. I just wanted to optimize. You could probably record my runs, and I would probably run on and click for teleports the same tiles. You could watch the videos over and over. But now... Uh, I think my game is just kind of casual experimenting and testing and mainly playing with other people. Yeah, it's same for me. I just really like the echoes, having a bunch of templates to play. Right now, I'm just trying to level. I got four or five aspects that I still want to get to T13 and uh, building an echo you know, for each uh, weapon type. Yeah, I, um, I've been exploring, you know, even outside adventuring. So I've, I've got my... My first miner up and running. <laughs> Been uh, playing around with mining. I um, made my first PvP tamer. Um, I've got, uh, you know, I still got my bard, and I I probably change that echo around once a week. So the build I'm switching into right now is, is like I said, I'm um, I dropped anatomy. I'm putting parry back. Um, that's also for utility. Um, my uh, I have a Swords Dexer um, who has been struggling a bit on leveling Codex. So I'm, I'm planning to just polish off that Codex work on my Bard. It's just a lot smoother. And then once my Dexer is running around with a full Codex, that's, that's easier play than trying to level that stuff up in, the, in my Dexer build. Yeah, you guys have ideas? My... Oh, go, go ahead, go ahead, Wes. No, I was going to say expounding on his new mage tamer echo that's another thing is sometimes i just hang out with the guild and play defense i've got a a fun mage i like to play i just hang out and if anyone comes along and goes gray like that's what i'm there for i'm just hanging out maybe contribute a little bit to the farm but i've been pvping a lot more recently so do any of you guys have an idea for a new aspect or he's hinted at a couple that are coming do you have ideas for what what you'd like to see those into the game as it's it's something i've i've given a lot of thought to but had difficulty coming up with ideas that didn't overlap too much with the the current ones um like i said earlier i'd I'd love to see some form of unarmed combat system um you know currently there's some bonuses to wrestling with arms lore and whatnot but they you know they're not going to let you proc aspect and they don't do very high damage even in pvm um, but some kind of wrestling support, you know, monk tranquility aspect or something would be cool. Um, I always thought some kind of sc- scout aspect would be cool that leveraged tracking and detect hidden, but 
I couldn't think of a way that uh, really put that into work as, uh, you know, didn't just overlap with other templates, uh, what they're doing, other aspects, what they're doing better. Yeah, we had that document at some point. We were bouncing ideas off each other. I think we came up with like four or five new aspects that we were going to suggest to Luthius, but I have no idea where it went. It's always fun to just talk to, you know, Wes and Dis about this kind of stuff and geek out over stuff that probably will never happen. I requested a rainbow aspect and sent Luthius a little cheap Photoshop of a spellbook with all the, all the colors. And I think it'd be neat if there was a separate aspect that you leveled and the max level of that was equivalent to all of your other ones and it could proc any random proc. It was just a little cheeky idea. I thought it would be kind of fun, chaotic. And then also, I don't know about the armor bonuses, but I was thinking of another proc like the Rift Demons do, where they do that little giant purple rift that pulls people in i think it'd be neat for grouping monsters up maybe to focus on trappers or something just something different to interact with the monsters i like catastrophe's idea about a tranquil monk so we can call it heart and then with our powers combined we can summon captain planet (laughs) (laughs) it's tough coming up with aspects man like they've done a good job and it's hard to think how how stuff is going to translate over to UO and then if it's even possible and the fact that they've done it on a lot of stuff already. Yeah. We, we've talked a lot, of, a lot about the future overhauls already. Um, the tamer and society. Do you have any ideas for where you'd like to see some of the society we work and how it affects chain links and, and maybe what you want to see happen to some of the chain links Do what that pull smaller. I know you mentioned making some of those, not, not, not uh, multiply, but, have them compound instead, but do you have any other ideas for what Luther should maybe take that system to? Yeah, I, I sent in a pro, you know, a proposal for take the existing links and, and take those kind of undervalued links and what would need to change to make them competitive with the higher desirability ones. For example, all the Slayer links, um, you know, Demon Slayer, Undead Slayer, um, if they had a base level damage boost and then the enhanced damage boost for their slayer type that would make them a lot popular so if you're running undead slayer links you're always getting at least a small bonus and then you get a bigger bonus versus undead versus now where you know it's undead or nothing that's Um, great yeah and then um and then there's some new you know some skills like uh, inscription would work really well as an effective inscription skill so you could have mages be able to get that flame strike refund without having to go the eldritch route um by slotting some of those links um so there's there's a few skills like that that could also be added yeah though the the latter of what you just said the inscription links are, are more of what i would like to see from the system i think just the the slayer links in general are super boring it should probably go away i'd rather see links open up ways to play your character differently yeah, i mean right now we, we have there's so many links and your pool is so watered down and it, it comes down to just really a select few. Other then we are starting to build a little more niche or, or a specific use case for it. You know, your Dexter and mage and tamer options are pretty limited. And so your price differences are crazy, right? 
like a tamer follower damage link is millions and uh something i guess boss damage is kind of getting popular again but uh what's another junk one ship yeah. resistance <laughs> yeah. yeah there's the trash ones and the, you have to, you have a tier of of links like damage to poison creatures which are very good uh but only for you know certain niche templates um and so just uh, they've ended up being able to get you know good links on the cheap yeah a, a, a backside damage is equal to poison to damage creatures like another specific build link i guess i was saying slot priority too like i would have argued before that spell aspect modifier is just as good as the proc chance but only in slots 11 through 20 once your proc chance is really high so that affects the the market as well as like where people are at and if if more people need that link or not. All right, I think uh, I think that's it for our questions, right? Do you see anything else on here, Ace? Uh, no, I think we hit most uh, most everything. Yeah, is is there anything in the pipeline you guys are looking forward to, other than mechanical tweaks you get to you get to play with? Is, is there anything that's that's kind of like you're most excited to see come to shard? I want mages to be a thing again, so I can be a powerful wizard. But aside from that, I'm excited at the moment to just play in the Eructon Bluffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a fan of new hunting grounds. So Eructon Bluffs, but also, um, you know, they were talking about classic dungeons on the roadmap. Um, I'd love uh, a no housing overworld farming area. Um, you know, basically an overworld dungeon that people could recall in and out of, but had, uh, had some good hunting. Um, without getting cluttered up with real estate would be kind of cool. Um, a, lot, a lot of opportunities like that. Uh, yeah, as far as pipeline stuff goes, I'm actually I'm really excited about the dungeon keys and the epic dungeon chests that are going to go along with that. And then there's the uh, horticulture system that's going to be bringing cleansing pots, hopefully that hasn't been taken off the table. So that'll be a nice boon for Dexter's. Yeah, that seems cool. And the, and the the new dungeon expansions, I think what we said, Nucero 3 uh, mm-hmm. was going to come soon. I think another dungeon too. I don't remember. That was a, that was a previous episode. Go back and listen. I think the Mausoleum oh, 4 was... Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tinkering. I was going to say Mausoleum 4, I think, was something that's talked about. Yeah, Maybe Gargoyles right. or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually haven't gone down to Arcton yet, but um, I've been really enjoying Osiris 4 because so many people have been pulled to the new dungeon that it almost feels like a launch again when not many people could could handle it and it's uh, it's a lot nicer farming there for the time being. Until they listen to this and know it's open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's I mean, that's one thing that's great about Outlands is it's, it's a smaller map, smaller dungeons, there's a lot more interaction, but man, 2020 and now into 21 has just been a cluster of people everywhere you go. Yeah, they got spread us around. One thing about Os4 was the the terror nerf. Like, loot was kind of just globally scaled based on difficulty. So in relation to that, terrors are quote-unquote just as fine to kill as anything else. But the base HPs on everything were raised, and the base HPs were not adjusted to deter- like based on their 
their difficulty level. So things like terrors are very lackluster at the moment. I'm hoping some of that stuff gets looked at. Some of the things that are very dangerous should be a little more worthwhile to kill than your average thing. Even if you have to put a, a heavier respawn on them, like, I think it'd be cool to run into that room or any of those rooms in Asori 4 and see a terror up and be like, okay, crap, we got to kill this thing. It's not always up and it's got good loot rather than avoid this thing because it's a waste of time compared to other stuff right now. I feel that's how the uh, Elder Vamps were at launch. I know you were down there a lot. We crossed paths in Moss 3. Those were like the sought-after yeah. high-value mobs. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a fan of bug fixes, too. <laughs> I know we were just talking today about this one where, uh, you know, when your backpack fills up, but you're not at your weight limit yet, so you can walk around, you're not losing stamina, but you go to pop a potion and it won't let you put your shield in your backpack and, you know, you get mowed down by some really stupid mobs just because you can't drink a, a strength pot. Um, you know, there's a, always a level of excitement in seeing stuff like that get cleaned up, too. That's one thing I always look for in new patches is which of those little irritating mechanics is going to get cleaned up next. So do you, you guys have everything you want to... Um... You want to talk about like your uh, Twitch streams or YouTube channels or anything like that you're, you're running, or are you guys not really doing public facing stuff anymore? Not at the moment. Yeah, I just stream once in a blue moon when I feel like it. I don't have anything to plug. I'll plug the test server. Just a reminder for <laughs> out there, people who didn't know that there is a, a test server for Outlands. And if you go to Prevalia Bank, there are statues there where you can set your stats and skills any way you want them. You can level up your aspects, try new gear. It's a great place if you uh, are curious about um, either a, a template you haven't tried before or, or doing something new and seeing how well it worked. There's a gate that'll take you directly to some dungeons. Um, it's a great place for anybody to uh, to log in and mess around without losing all of that time that it would take to remacro your character and so forth. I yeah. do have one last question that I've been thinking of. How many echoes do each of you have? Uh, this is Kat. I have six total, so five unlocked, um, plus my one regular character. Two of them are crafters. One is a miner. Um, then I've got uh, a bard, you know, adventuring bard, uh, dexter for bosses, and then a PvP tamer right now. And do you have the timer? customized all the way down yeah i do have the the jack and jill uh, enhancements for that one hour cooldown yeah that's huge that was the best five mil i ever spent and it took a long time to do it i had to just bite the bullet as soon as i had 2.5 mil just click the button because otherwise it never would have happened and as soon as i got the next 2.5 i spent it and it's literally been the best thing i've purchased six echoes so i have seven templates available at all times, and four of those are ever-changing. Three are kind of locked in. One's got Alchemy, one's got Scribe, and the other's a 120 Tamer. But the other four are changing daily, pretty much. Yeah, I only have three Echoes and no Jack and Joe yet, but I'm about one mil away. I'm looking forward to finally getting that. And I, like I said earlier, I just have one for each of the weapon skills. I have three Three echoes and a jack. I'll have Juliet. <laughs> so. Nice. 
I did I did the same thing. I hit that two and a half million. I was like, oh, I could spend this in so much. I'm gonna just hit this button, get it out of the way. But I haven't been able to do it again. So I just got one of them. Yeah, if you don't click it, you'll find something in in trade to spend it on. So I I, I just want to say again, you guys are are awesome for the community. We really do appreciate all of you uh, going out of your way to to help and answer people's questions and help out new players and and fix people's builds. I, I know you see the same things, same mistakes over and over again. So it, it probably gets old <laughs> fixing people's uh, mistakes or pointing out things like tracking and camping the new guys. Um, but I mean, I, I think we as a community noticed it. So we definitely appreciate all the work you guys have put into the shard and communicating with the community and, and being a good liaison for all of us players to the uh, developer, you know, Lutheus and Owen. So thank you. And thanks for making the time to come on the show and and talk to us and, and do the round table. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Not appreciate it. Thanks everyone. Thank you guys very much. Yeah. Great opportunity. All right. So let's do this for today. Um, We have a a forum post that's now pinned on Outlands discord. So, or or rather Outlands uh, forums. If you go there, it'll have a link to our discord. That's probably the best way to uh, get a hold of us and leave us and our guest feedback. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Have a good night. See you.